Dave Chang is an avid student and fan of sports, music, art, film, and of course, food. With a rotating cast of guests, they have conversations that cover everything from the creative process to his guests' guiltiest pleasures. Follow The Dave Chang Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Spring is such a refreshing time of year. Flowers are blooming and you're getting your house in order. But now is also a good time to take a second look at your wireless plan because you might be overpaying. Right now, Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash bigpick. That's mintmobile.com slash bigpick. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month for first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity. The unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue. A surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being. Present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. I'm Sean Fennessy. I'm Amanda Dobbins. And this is The Big Picture, a conversation show about the Academy Awards. The nominations for the 94th Annual Academy Awards are here. Amanda and I will be breaking all of them down right now. Amanda is still here. There's no baby here. Thankfully, no baby, but not just thankfully. Me. Just nominations and Amanda. Amanda, how are you feeling? What did what, you, you think when you woke up this morning? Nobody parties anymore, man. You know, <laughs> that's... Listen, these are... These are not worst case nominations for sure. And in a lot of ways, they're really nice things in here. There are some surprises, some some deserving nominees. And I know that you and I spend like, you know, six months of the year talking about why can't the Oscars just reward like good film, you know, and it's really important that we want like cinema to be represented at the Oscars. And then when they do, I show up and I'm ungrateful and I'm like, yo, why can't you be like, have a little fun? But this is a very, very uh, respectable Oscar nominations, at least in the best picture categories. We're going to talk about the actors. Actors got up to some wild stuff, but um, I, they're, they're good. And there are some genuinely exciting things. Like, it's cool that Drive My Car got nominated. It's cool that Worst Person in the World got a screenplay nomination. Like, there are some exciting, deserving um elevating like the quality of movies nominations here and then there are just some missed opportunities yeah i'm quite torn about this list of nominations i don't think that this is uh worthy of outrage city and so anyone hoping to hear us scream and yell about the injustices issued this morning will be disappointed because i don't think that's really the order of the day there are not a lot of nominations that i would say are downright awful you know there are some nominations that are stupid ones some silly ones, I would say, but not, it's, this is candidly just a little, little bit of a dull slate. And I, I, I mean that in a, in a careful way, because most of the movies, certainly in Best Picture that got nominated, I really like a lot. But this voice in the back of my head that has made its way onto this podcast a handful of times in the last three months is getting really loud and saying like, you guys are blowing it with this show. This, no one's going to watch this show. No one has seen any of these movies. And obviously, we've seen them, and we've tried our best to celebrate them and, and to talk about why they're great. And, um, you know, the, the, the roster, the lineup feels a little bit film Twittery. It feels a little bit film critic-y. And the Academy, historically, is not necessarily always aligned with film critics. And so I'm, I'm, I'm contorting myself this morning to kind of figure out how to feel because... I feel pulled by the desire to have the Academy Awards be a big and important cultural landmark every year. Mm -hmm. And I also want to celebrate incredible films like Drive My Car. So I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm a bit flummoxed, I would say. It's like a little bit film twittery slash film criticy, And there are some distinctions. And I'm not trying to you know, gas up film Twitter ever. I We talked about you tweeting on Friday nights, you know, like you got to stop doing that. I'm just so we can have some ways, fun. I think like the, the the best case version of this is that we have been, avo- we have like avoided the, you know, 
random Saturday afternoon in a February fight about J. Edgar Hoover's legacy. You know, like there's <laughs> yes. some like like the really truly stupid just infighting did get excised from this, but it's a little bit film critically and also still. And then in in an exciting way, a little bit more like International New Academy. And then it is also still a little bit like stodgy old school Academy Awards. Like we love craft with a capital C, you know, and it's it didn't go any one way, which is maybe how these things are supposed to work. But it's sort of a confused and there's no real through line. There's there's like no huge narrative besides like these are the movies that came out that not that many people saw, but relatively to the film industry, people did see and talk about. I think it's honestly a, a an accurate reflection of what the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences is right now, which is yeah. to say it is a lot of people who've been making movies for a long time and are using that capital C craft thing that you're talking about as their their North Star for determining uh, nominations. It's increasingly more international, as we've seen over the last three or four years, especially in Best Director and Best Picture. So there are that 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 cadre is growing, and it's still very bound by theatrical movies. Only two nominations for Netflix and Best Picture. No nominations for Amazon and Best Picture. You know, there were a couple of HBO Max original releases here, but still, those are Warner Brothers films. They were intended to be theatrical releases. They did get theatrical releases and had box office. So this big change that we talk about on the show all the time is still not totally reflected in the kinds of movies that are being recognized. And I'm curious to see if that holds. And that will become another distinction point between movie watchers at large and the Academy. And so we've already got one where it's like, well, Spider-Man's not getting nominated. Movies like that don't get nominated. This is confirmation. If you were concerned about that issue, like, I feel like the book is closed there. Like, there is the mainstream big tent movie, and then there is the Academy film. Every once in a while, you'll get a Dune, but for the most part, ne'er the twain shall And even here, though, Dune was nominated for Best Picture. The embrace of Dune is, is not what we expected. It was not. So why, why don't we just dig right into the into the nominations so that people Wait, have can a I just, little... Can I just say yeah. one more thing? Of course. Just, and, and this is both an Amanda Dobbins uh, personal nitpick and outrage. And also, I just think, in a, in a lot of ways, like just the large problem with the Oscars. For the second time in, I believe, four years, the Academy Awards have declined the opportunity to have Jennifer Lopez at their award ceremony. You know what? Because you had two different opportunities to nominate Ben Affleck. And you just said, no, what we don't need is Jennifer Lopez. And you guys are wrong. And that is just a mistake. That we just, we need movie stars. We need people. You don't even have to actually do it in the nominations. You got to start thinking bigger. There's no strategy here. I'm, I'm, I'm outraged. Um, it's three years because they didn't nominate her for Hustlers. So no, that's oh, is it okay? That was 2019. Yes. Yeah, so we have Hustlers yeah. the way back, and now the Tender Bar for Affleck. Mm-hmm. You know, none of which were likely to be nominated. Looking back on those things, but you're right. There's if if anybody thinks this is rigged, I promise you, the Academy Awards is not rigged. This is confirmation that this is an accurate accounting of the voting for each of these awards. Let's talk about those awards. We're going to start with the biggest one. That's Best Picture. Ten films this year guaranteed in Best Picture. Here are those nominees. Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Now, we're going to talk about quote-unquote snubs, quote-unquote surprises, and maybe some what the fucks here. Snubs? I I don't know if you could accurately say that Tick, Tick, Boom, Being the Ricardos, and Tragedy of Macbeth are snubs. You, I assume, are quite pleased to not see the first two on this list. I'm relieved. I'll say about that. You know, I, and, and there's one... I was going to be very angry if Tick, Tick, Boom, you know, if we had to keep doing that. And it was nominated a couple other places, but the embrace was not what you know, certain small corners of the internet would have you believe. So I'm relieved on that. Being the Ricardos, I genuinely thought was going to happen. So that was a little bit of like a, hey, all right, people are thinking through this and have some taste. Um, It's interesting how far Being the Ricardos made it in the acting categories, which suggests that so certain guilds or voting blocks, aka actors, loved it. Not a surprise. And 
that it was not nominated in screenplay. Sorry, Aaron Sorkin, but also, you know, J. Edgar Hoover. And like it, so it, it's interesting to see kind of the breakdowns in this. But yeah, listen, it was not one of the, I think you were going to be pretty bad if it made it to Best Picture. It would have been by far the worst film nominated. Yeah. And of course, there were three acting nominations for being the Ricardos, which we'll talk about. But I thought the best performance in the film, which was Nina Arianda, was not recognized, right. which is of also course, very typically classic. Academy Awards. Yeah. Um, so I, I the biggest surprise here, at least for me, and I've been saying this on the show for a few months now, was that they actually nominated Drive My Car, uh, which is Raisuke uh, Hamaguchi's incredible three-hour epic Um and I just didn't think, I just did not think, could, I could not equate this to Parasite, you know, for example, a recent right. international feature that was nominated in Best Picture and then went on to win Best Picture. And, you know, this is a film that is here largely on the backs of film lovers talking it up aggressively for the last three months or, since, you know, essentially since it's played the festival circuits, it has been widely acclaimed and Hamaguchi has been understood as like a filmmaker on the rise. But his films are not accessible genre movies at all. They're not even, they're not even traditionally shaped f- narrative films. You know, they 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 really go against the grain of what we see in this category over the last you know hundred years. So I I'm I honestly I'm a bit blown away that they actually did it. And it says to me that the Academy is just so so different now. In part because of that international thing. In part because it's much younger. In part because this is. Um, a group that is not afraid of something that is a little bit more formally daring or thematically daring. This is a very quiet film too. And it's just a very unusual thing. And I'm very happy about it because I love the movie. It was on my top 10, but it, it is, it is strange. I was just surprised that enough people had actually seen it and engaged with it because it was a slower burn. And a lot of this has to do with the state of theaters and, and Omicron and just, and, and it's release schedule, but it was, later in the year that it was actually accessible to people and accessible as a relative, like, you know, in terms of actually just being able to watch the movie. Um, it's still only playing art houses. It has exactly. not expanded. Yeah. And, you know, traditionally, or at least in the last five years, the later a movie is released, the fewer people have seen it. Thus, you know, the, the less chance it has at the Oscars, obviously everything's been turned upside down in the last two years, but it's exciting. It is like genuinely exciting. And that's one of the things where, you know, you feel bad. I feel bad being an asshole about, you know, st- the nominations because when one of these, when you wake up and one of these things happens, it's great. I, there are very few films in this list right now that I look at and I say, like, I didn't like that movie. I, I liked pretty much all of the films, all of the 10 films nominated here. We can say to what degrees we like them. You know, I, I'm obviously over the moon about Licorice Pizza and sure. the you know, power of the dog, I think, is generally kind of undeniable in its, in its excellence. But um, there was a there was a little bit of a micro what the fuck here, which is that Nightmare Alley got I was nominated. Say, shall we talk about Nightmare Alley? I mean, I love Nightmare Alley. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought I was and, the like, only five one. Guys on Letterbox. Yeah, I thought I was the only one, and I'm not the only one, Amanda. I have been redeemed here, and and Guillermo del Toro once again has been redeemed. Okay. Now there was a huge, huge push for this movie in the last six weeks. I, I think Searchlight essentially decided. We are going to go for it yes. because we see an opening here because, frankly, probably they looked at the being the Ricardos and the Tick, Tick, Booms and they were like, our movie is definitely better than this, these mm-hmm. movies. And they were right. And, and and they put it on. It was on HBO Max. I kept I kept meaning to text you because I think, honestly, like the day that Oscar nomination voting started, it appeared on HBO Max. Not, I assume that was not a mistake. It, it not yeah. only appeared on HBO Max, it also appeared on Hulu because of this wonky deal where oh, HBO right. has the rights to 20th Century Fox movies, and also, so now Hulu and HBO at the same time can issue that film. So a lot of people have seen Nightmare I think Nightmare Alley is the most logged movie on Letterboxd in the last week for the exact reason you just cited. So I think I'm sure a lot of Academy voters finally got a chance to see this movie, which is quite good, and which is also like, to your capital C craft point, this is a film with like really, really high-end production design, really, really accomplished and esteemed members of the Academy worked on this movie. Del Toro's already been recognized in the past. It's a little bit of like a, even if you don't have a ton of passion for it, you have to respect it kind of, um, I, I guess, installment here. So that one was, I guess, nice to see. I mean, I much prefer that to a couple of the other films that could have been nominated here. It is one though that like this movie, I guess when you look at the box office, it, d- it has made the fifth most amount of money 
out of all the films <laughs> yes. that are nominated, but that doesn't really mean anything because it's yikes. only $10 million. I'll, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to read the box office accounting so far because it is by far the lowest in the history of the Oscars, barring last, last year. So Dune has made $107 million in America. West Side Story has made $36 million. Chugging along. Keep West Side Story in theaters, you know? It can, can, can continue to make money. It got a bunch of nominations this morning. King Richard has made $14 million, which is a, a crime. That's a movie that would have made $150 million five years ago. Licorice Pizza's made $12 million, Probably stands to make a little bit more now that it's gotten a bunch of nominations. Mm-hmm. Nightmare Alley's made ten. Belfast has only made $7 million. Belfast as a favorite has been softened this morning, I would mm-hmm. say. Uh, Drive My Car, as you mentioned, only $1 million in receipts. And there are three streaming films that we don't have numbers for. Coda, which is on Apple TV+. And Don't Look Up in the Power of the Dog, two films from Netflix. Any other thoughts about Best Picture? It's not surprising, but it's hard to get enthusiastic about this race. I mean, there's no real clear leader. Do you want to start with your harebrained theory right now? You want to debut it? Yeah, it's been picking up and steam. Do you, like, well, do you feel like the nominations support it? Is the I other don't. Thing. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. So on Friday, I uh, in the in the in the wee hours of the evening, I tweeted that was I think, it? it was like six thirty. Um, <laughs> I said the evening. Um, I tweeted that I think Don't Look Up could. I felt like it was going to win Best Picture. Mm -hmm. And part of that was because Leonardo DiCaprio was nominated at the BAFTAs for Best Actor. And if Leo was nominated this morning, and particularly if there was a Best Editing nomination for Don't Look Up, and even more so if Adam McKay found his way into Best Director, I would have said this film is getting it. And part of it was driven by a lot of talking with you about this and hearing your Mm -hmm. point of view, which is that a lot of people have seen Don't Look Up. There are a lot of opinions about it. Some very negative, but some very positive. And it's also a movie that allows people to essentially cast a vote against the media, which is something that we know that people in Hollywood like to do. And so I was sensing that it was going to happen. And then lo and behold, Alison Wilmore at Vulture wrote a piece Mm -hmm. just yesterday, effectively saying the same thing, identifying a lot of the reasons that I felt like uh, this film could win. I still think that it can win. My gut right now is that this comes down to the power of the dog versus don't look up versus drive my car. Uh, or excuse me, not Drive My Car versus uh, Belfast. I think I think those are the top three in the race at the moment with the Power of the Dog fairly far out in front. Power of the Dog got 12 nominations this morning, yeah. which is by far the most. It basically got as many as it could get, including two and in, two acting nominations in one category. I believe it got a production design nomination without even getting recognized by the pr- production designer uh, association in the earlier voting rounds. So Power of the Dog's really in, in the driver's seat. I don't. I just don't know if does, do people like love that film. I. I. I and maybe well, that doesn't no, I matter. Think, I think they really admire and respect it, and really admire and respect Jane Campion, who yeah. was nominated for Best Director for a second time, the only woman ever to do that. Which you know, are we take our milestones where we can get them? I guess. But if we go like the respectful Oscars route, then Power of the Dog makes a lot of sense. Your don't look up. Uh, timeline was like chaos Oscars and that reflects like the world that we live in and certainly like film Twitter and the way that we talk about things and just the way our minds work with this, which is sort of depressing. So I like can't be mad that the Oscars seem to be like steering away from chaos Oscars. That seems good. Like I'm, I'm tired, you know, I think we're all tired (laughs) and like, we don't like, I'm you know, going the other way. I want chaos. I don't want. I don't want boring, predictable Oscars. That's terrible. No, for the Oscars. I want. I want fun Oscars. But I. I really, honestly, don't want Adam McKay like tweet lecturing me about how I'm not anxious enough about climate change for another eight weeks, which seems to be his campaigning strategy. I'm plenty anxious about it, sir. Like, and you, whether or not I think your film was the best film of the year has nothing to do with what I want to do about climate change. But it's just like that is an opportunity, and I guess in a way that would get them more juice. But I honestly don't even know if Chaos Oscars timeline brings viewers an investment. It might just drive us crazy. So we might have just dodged that bullet. It's a very interesting point. I'm not sure if that's true. I think that the Oscars need to be able to say something at the end of the the show that's like exciting and I, too, like The Power of the Dog. I think I'm going to spend a lot more time talking about The Power of the Dog on this show in the next couple of months because especially as it emerges as a very strong favorite, it's a film that, frankly, we basically devoted 15 minutes of serious conversation to on the show, and that's it. Um, I think we were kind (laughs) of hoping we would wait for people to catch on to it, but it has been 
essentially since it debuted, and I guess it debuted at a European festival, and then I saw it shortly thereafter at Telluride. It's basically been a quiet juggernaut, and yeah. it seems like it's on an inevitable collision course with victory, which in some ways is wonderful, and in some ways it also signals something major, which it would, it would be the first streamer to win Best Picture. It would be Netflix's first Best Picture Oscar, kind of concluding this seven-year saga of aspiring to that position. But then I feel like it also maybe and maybe the storyline becomes okay, they did it. Now what? No, at, listen, I agree with you that like power of the dog running the table is not the narrative that the Oscars need to save it with like all respect to everyone involved. Listen, Kirsten Dunn's finally got an Oscar nomination. I'm Let's a happy go. woman. But I, I agree that's not I, I agree with you that that's not gonna suddenly save the Oscars. I think you and I had already gotten to a place where we're like, well, I don't think we're going to save the Oscars this year again. There's just no, there was nothing available there. You know, Spider-Man, whatever you thought about it was a pipe dream. Dune didn't really seem to excite people. And so I'm just like, maybe it's like a small mercy that we don't, if we don't have to, if you don't have to be tweeting every weekend about, you know, the role of satire in American politics and cinema, that just might be something that's like happy for you and and me from afar. And I would say thank you to the Academy for that. I don't know. Can I tell you my biggest takeaway from the, the Best Picture nominations? Yeah, go. So uh, obviously I've been obsessed with the decision in 2009 to expand the Best Picture pool. I feel like sure. that is the most significant decision that the Oscars have made in the last 30 years or so. Mm-hmm. And they did so in the aftermath of The Dark Knight not being nominated. And it was understood, though not explicitly stated, that they needed to widen the pool to widen interest in the Academy Awards as they sensed ratings very softly starting to dip back in 2009. And so they did expand. And so they started to incorporate some films and, you know, the occasional animated film or mainstream film like Black Panther would get nominated. But what they did not anticipate was Oscar So White. And Oscar So White and that campaign and that movement to essentially underline the fact that the bulk of the Academy was represented by older white men and how the older white men and their point of view tended to nominate a very specific kind of film led to the Academy expanding radically. So mm-hmm. from 2015, the Academy had 6,261 members. They have added 33% more members. They're, the Academy is now 9,467 people. Many of those people women, many of those people people of color, and many of those people not living in the United States. And those people are now voting on the Oscars and specifically Best Picture. And those people have a very different sense of what an Oscar movie is. And it's not Spider-Man. And it's not The Dark Knight. And it is Drive My Car. And it is Nightmare Alley. And it is The Power of the Dog. And so what we have here is a much bigger pool of people who are working in the film industry. Mm-hmm. But not, and, and frankly, an industry that is already at a crossroads between box office, streamers, all that bullshit that we talk about every freaking week on this show. And ultimately, this set of nominees confirms for me that there's no going back. Like, it is over. So I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I gave my big speech, uh, my desperate, sad, pathetic speech about why this is important and why they need to consider widening the pool. The only way forward now to continuing to make this a show that more than 10 million people care about forever and ever is to just add more categories and change the show. If they, and if they do not do that, fewer people are going to watch this year's show, I think then watched it last year. And last year's set of nominees was confounding, even by Oscar standards. <laughs> that was like a really yeah. bad slate of nominees. It was an asterisk year. It was it, a tough was. year for the world at large. I, I think there's this really strong chance that fewer people watched this year. I think 9 yeah. million people watched last year. And that's not, that's not good. It's <laughs> not good. Now, I, you know what? There was a really um, terrific piece in this newsletter called uh, the Numlock Awards which is written by Walt Hickey, who is a former 538 data scientist and writer, recently about kind of why the Academy doesn't seem to care about this because they have this insane amount of financial wealth right now. They have Mm -hmm. this war chest built up in the aftermath of having built this massive um, Academy Museum, which is this huge and valuable piece of property. And they do an incredible amount of fundraising at the Academy. And they're guaranteed a certain amount of money over the course of 10 years for their contract with ABC to put the show on. And so... They don't seem to be organizing their show around the desire to grow because they're growing financially. 
And I thought that was an interesting bit of light shed on the fact that they're like, you know what? This is all this is only about one thing. It's only about shedding light on the greatest achievements in filmmaking in in the world right now. And slowly they are accomplishing that. They are starting to recognize the parasites and the drive my cars and the worst persons in the world and the fleas. The the, the films that, you know, not since really the late 70s, the Academy has not really done a great job of identifying and promoting and showing as what great filmmaking is. But that thing that you and I like, that thing where the Oscars is like in the center of the culture, it's it's pretty much gone. And I'm, I'm, I'm now coping with that. So you've moved to the acceptance phase of that. I have. I have. Yeah. I, 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 there's no more bargaining left to do. I mean, I, you're right. I I think we have talked about many times of like, we're just not going back to the ratings that we had, which for a number of reasons, including the fact that if, if you're not an NFL game, you just don't have that type of rating for television at all. But let me just add one caveat to that. For many, many years, the number one rated show behind all of the NFL games was the Oscars. That sure. was the, always the number two thing after like 14 NFL games. And that is now no, no longer going to be the case. It's going no. to continue to slip. What it seems like is that the Oscars will become like a great advocacy advocacy tool for movies. And so people will be like, oh, this got nominated. I've never heard of this before or this wins. Like, can I watch Nightmare Alley or coda or whatever on streaming and it will you know it'll kind of help find audiences and actually maybe help preserve like some aspect of the the you know cinema movies like things under like eight hours without episodes but i hope so i like I, i do as well but it'll be sort of the reverse thing whereas instead of being like you break through in a movie and get enough people's attention and juice behind it to make it to the oscars the oscars are kind of like the knighting ceremony and then you go on, which is not bad. I mean, movies could use more advocacy like opportunities because otherwise people are like, what are you talking about? But yeah, is it, you know, a big party with a lot of fun and everyone arguing about it all the time? Not in the way it used to be, certainly in the 90s um, and the 2000s. And I think you're right. That ship has sailed. And I, I, Wish that they were still making some last gasp efforts, you know, but, but you and I just like a sense of flair, you know, you and I like You're the right. party. I was like, I, I don't want the specific don't look up chaos Oscars. Cause that seems exhausting, but do I kind of want a chaos Oscars just cause it's fun to do? Yeah, of course. That's why I woke up and I was like, damn, these are so serious. Everyone's just like very <laughs> solemn. Like, okay, well I liked this, you know, like give me something stupid to argue about. Um, but I you want to do it just, for the content. Yeah, you're looking for the, for good content. Yeah, but is that best for movies at large? I don't know. I don't think the just, Academy so has different. much to say about that anymore. The I don't think the system is so yeah, changed. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that they can really influence it the way that they once could. I think it will influence the fact that a ton more people are going to watch, say, Nightmare Alley. Hopefully, a lot more people are going to go see Drive My Car. And I would encourage yeah. people to see it in movie theaters if they can. I know it's not playing near very many people that are listening to this show right now. But it is a film that you don't want to be holding your phone while you're watching it. You know, it is an immersive three-hour, very slow-burn film. And you have to give yourself over to it. And so if a film like that gets more recognition, that's great. Let's continue to go down the list of the categories. We'll get through as many of these as we can or make sense. So okay. Best Director is obviously the next and most important one. This was the most... I thought shattering snub amongst the the, the lineup here. So <laughs> thank God PTA is nominated. Yes. You know, his name was announced third for some reason, not first when they were going through the announcements. Tracy mm-hmm. Ellis Ross and Leslie Jordan this morning, and I was like, oh God, did PTA not get it? And I was going to throw a brick through somebody's window, but then right. he did get it. So PTA is nominated for Licorice Pizza. Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. A little bit of a surprise. People thought he might be on the outside looking in. And then Raisuke Hamaguchi from from Drive My Car. Mm-hmm. So that means no Denis Villeneuve yes. for Dune. Which people don't, it doesn't really seem like the Academy cares about Dune this year. What the fuck though? I don't I know. Mean, I'm not, I'm not saying I necessarily want to knock off any of these five, but that's, I, that, I don't think anyone saw that coming. I, I did not see one person predict Villeneuve getting, getting blanked here. When we were putting together our best case Oscar scenarios in like October, we were like, it, it's Dune and it's really Villeneuve as the, you know, auteur who is make still making blockbusters accessible, but also high art. And I, like, I honestly, the first hour and a half of Dune, I was like, holy shit, this is the best movie I've ever seen. I can't believe this looks like it. I guess other people did not care. 
I guess not. I mean, I think there's just a general, obviously, disrespect for the genre that that he's working in here. And so that's a factor. And science fiction is very rarely recognized. But I I mean, what he did specifically, which was like, this is his passion project. He had been yearning to adapt this film forever. It's a massive scale film. It's a film that literally requires amazing vision. It's working with all of the component parts. Uh, the the actors, the production design, the score with Hans Zimmer, like it, it is like the signature directorial effort of 2021, in my opinion. So I think this is a a real shame. Um, I don't think there are any what the fucks here. I think people would probably point to Kenneth Branagh as like maybe the softest of the five here. But honestly, like that movie doesn't exist without him. He also did the same thing I just described that Denis Villeneuve did. He right. he basically conceived of every single moment in this film and brought something very personal to it. So it's not, it's a pretty good slate of nominees, honestly. It's slightly traditional. And it's like, the I, I think that the, quote, risks they took were the opening of the, the um, mindset in PTA and in Hamaguchi is like, that's what you want. So yep. I feel bad for Villeneuve, but you know, they weren't willing to go as far as sci-fi, but they were willing to go towards like two, like unbelievably accomplished, like exciting films. And then also Kenneth Branagh and Steven Spielberg, because you know, that makes people feel comfortable. Yes. I mean, also this is a category that many people did suggest that Hamaguchi had a good chance here because we've seen in recent years that yeah. Michael Haneke and uh, Pavel Pawlikowski were both nominated in this category, even when some of their films were not nominated. You know, I think Pawlikowski's film was not nominated for Best Picture and made his way into Best Director anyway. So not a stunner. Okay, let's talk about Best Actress. This is the messiest of the categories, I would say. This sucks. Here are the if nominees. If you're going to have some fun, have some fun. Lady Gaga was not nominated for Best Actress. She was not nominated. You know? Jessica, I, like, Je- Jessica Chastain was nominated. Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter. Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Very surprising to me. Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos. And Kristen Stewart for Spencer. She hung on. She did. A lot of people thought she was out for sure, including myself, and she was not. You're right. Lady Gaga was not nominated. Alana Haim was not nominated here. Rachel Zegler was not nominated here. Right. Jennifer Hudson was not nominated here. Um, I don't. I have no idea who's going to win this category. None. I've never did, not known less about. Did a category you partake winner. in any of the Kristen Stewart BAFTAs uh, conspiracy theory stuff? Meaning, like, did I launch a new podcast no, about like, my but conspiracy are you aware theories? Of it? It? Are you aware of like the royal side of it? Oh where, no, were they you know, were so they the, protecting the crown? There's some, I don't actually think that this is true. The, the, I, the real thing about the like the Baptist chaos, and it was very funny to see all of like the the film prognosticators just like lose their mind at the Baptas, not reflecting all the work that you know film bloggers and Oscar <laughs> bloggers have been doing for the last six months. They were so angry, but the Baptists have like a very convoluted nomination process at this point to try to address some of the diversity issues that they have had in the past. Somehow they still didn't manage to give Denzel Washington a nominee. The Baptists have literally never nominated Denzel Washington. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, but as a result, Kristen Stewart was not nominated. Um, and s- part of the process is that there was like a selection committee <laughs> instead of voting. And so the conspiracy theories on like the weird Instagrams that I look at are that because Prince William is the chairman or the president or some like honorary head figure of the BAFTAs that the selection committees left Kristen Stewart off of the, uh, the nomination list because somehow he would be upset of the way that his mother was portrayed. And I guess he was portrayed. He's in the movie. That's gotta be Mm -hmm. pretty annoying. Um, I just think like people didn't like Spencer that much. I'm surprised that she made it in, but because it didn't look like she was going to. But I like Kristen Stewart a lot. So Just for some context, the, the leading actress category at the BAFTAs, here were the nominees. Lady Gaga for House of Gucci, not nominated at the Oscars. Alana Haim for Licorice Pizza, not nominated at the Oscars. Amelia Jones, Coda, not nominated. Renata Runsve from The Worst Person in the World, not nominated. Joanna Scanlon for After Love, not nominated. Tessa Thompson for Passing, not nominated. So the BAFTAs as an indicator in certain categories are way out of whack. Now, basically, they're only taking like two of the top five vote getters and choosing mm-hmm. them and then essentially a jury chooses the remaining four nominees or five or three nominees and um what a chaotic i mean the baftas are, are now they they need to have some sort of course correction the idea of like addressing their diversity issues and then still not nominating denzel as you pointed out is fucking insane uh right. there's just a real issue there okay any other 
I guess I mean the surprises are 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 Penelope Cruz and and Case do. Um, I I like Spencer more than you, and I, it seems like more than most people, but not the Academy. The Academy yeah. seemed to appreciate what she was doing there. What's with the Jessica Chastain thing? We all just agreed that Jessica Chastain is like a quote film advocate or whatever, and, and she hustled and, hard. She campaigned really really hard. She did Jeremy a lot of strong stuff. advocate. So she's just out there enough, and people are like, "Oh, I like her." When I saw her makeup. post the video, I po- I saw her post the video of like the transformation into Tammy Faye a couple of days ago on Instagram, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah, you're yeah, showing yeah. us the level of commitment you have to your craft." She's she's it online worked. campaigning in an yes. effective way. Okay. Yes, well. I think that worked. The Penelope Cruz thing is stunning to me, not in a bad way. I think Parallel Mother is one of the best movies of 2021. Most people have not yet seen it. It's Pedro Almodovar's most recent film. Um, she is often at her best in his films mm-hmm. and she's terrific in this movie. She's in the center of almost every frame of the film. Um, I didn't see it coming though. I, I would not have guessed. I didn't think, I didn't think most people have seen this movie, but they did what they, what Sony pictures classics did last year with the father, which is they waited until the last minute to put this movie out, hoping that people would spend a little time with it in January. And it seems like they did because this is not one, but two nominations for parallel mothers, which also got a best original score nomination, which I came out of nowhere for me. I didn't see that coming at all. Also, one thing to keep in mind is that the Academy does have like its own streaming service now. So all of the Academy members, you know, I've made a lot of jokes in years past about how I don't believe that a lot of Academy voters watch all the movies. And, you know, I'm not totally ready to give that up. But I think this year it, it, it is like definitely easier for Academy voters to see movies than than the rest of us. So it's oh, not surprising sure. that some things that aren't widely available made it through because they like finally joined the 21st century, sort of. Almodovar obviously has a big reputation in the Academy, too, and his films have been nominated many, many times over the years, although he was not even, they didn't even put this movie up for the right. official entry for Spain. Nevertheless, um, I don't, who, are you, who are you rooting for here? Olivia Coleman? Yeah, I mean, I like Olivia Coleman. I think she's great. I also think that's like a pretty safe bet if you're trying to make any money. Yeah, because... we've, got a, we've got a few... M- previous winners here right yes coleman cruz and kidman of all won. that's true though cruz won for supporting actress mm-hmm. so and coleman did win for best actress i just in general i think if you're looking for a place to put your money olivia coleman winning awards right now that streak is not over somehow people are still really just very into her and I, that, that's also a great performance This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Okay, Sean, top three movie snacks of all time, go. Um, all right, let me think. Uh, popcorn? Obviously. Hmm. Ice cream? That's two. Oh, and uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, of course. Peanut butter and chocolate is a pretty perfect combination. Some may even say the ultimate movie snack. You can't argue with that. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Spring is such a refreshing time of year. Flowers are blooming and you're getting your house in order. But now is also a good time to take a second look at your wireless plan because you might be overpaying. Right now, Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash bigpick. That's mintmobile.com slash bigpick. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month for first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, 
tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Okay, let's go to Best Actor. The nominees are Javier Bardem for Being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. So the super, super, super famous people, barring Will Smith and Denzel Washington, we could have had a mega famous category here, but Mm -hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio and Bradley Cooper were not nominated for their work in Don't Look Up and Nightmare Alley, respectively. And then the surprise, I guess, is Bardem, even though Bardem has been nominated. I guess he's nominated SAG. I think he was, was he nominated the Globes as well? And so I feel like it's not shocking that he's here. He's been campaigning a lot and just seems like a great hang. Also, you got to love Bardem and Penelope Cruz both being nominated. That's just fun. I don't think anyone was thinking about that. And it's not quite Ben Affleck bringing Jennifer Lopez as his date. But, you know, it's a little bit of of flair and narrative. But, yeah, I think it just seems like actors were really, really into being the Ricardos. I don't know what else to say. I think you're completely right. Denzel does get his 10th nomination here, which is... A lot that puts him mm-hmm. among like the 10 most ever. And it's Will Smith's to lose. Well, is it? I don't I, know. I, I mean, I I have threatened, you know, a lot of violence if he doesn't win, but I'm getting really nervous. Also, I'm really confused where he is on the campaign trail. I he think he's has, about to come roaring back. You think that he's just been waiting because he felt like it was a lock and he didn't want overexposure. I guess the memoir did get a little TMI. Andrew Garfield is just hustling will show up anywhere he is really doing absolutely everything please leave him alone is my i love andrew garfield but i'm just saying at some point will smith's gotta get back in the game because andrew garfield is really really working it if i'm making kind of wild predictions right now yeah i I think cumberbatch is gonna win you do oh interesting because i think there's a big power of the dog wave coming and i think i there's there's openings here We've seen, I mean, we just saw it last year. We just saw Hopkins over Bozeman, and it's a very similar kind of a race. So let me ask you one thing. Why, why does the Academy hate Leo? The, I didn't love this Leo performance, and I'm not like a don't look up stand, but it's really strange. Um, I think he, he is very strategic about how and when he campaigns. And people, so someone recently pointed out to me, you know, the fact that he was not nominated for Django Unchained. Um, but Christoph Waltz was nominated and did win was in part because Leo did not really campaign at all for that role because he did not want to win for Best Supporting Actor. Okay. And I think the understanding here is that Don't Look Up is considered a, a big kaleidoscopic ensemble piece. And so he doesn't want to be singled out or he doesn't is not interested in spending time talking about his particular role. I don't know if that's true. Okay. Just what I've heard. Um, I think the Academy... I don't think that they dislike him. I just think that they are less impressed with your movie star qua movie star. You know, like you really have to transform to to win. And he transformed in The Revenant. Perhaps he didn't transform enough into a nerdy astronomer in Don't Look Up. No, it's using the idea of Leo. It's just, especially his work with Scorsese, like he is one of his, uh, like a generational talent. He's your favorite movie star. He's the goat, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's the guy. And they just resisted at every turn. Uh, I think it was a mistake. I think okay. I think putting Leo and Cooper in this category with Will Smith, Denzel Washington, and Benedict Cumberbatch it would have just been like, that's a yeah. reason to tune in. That's like the, as action-packed as best actor can get. And they didn't do it. I mean, no disrespect to Bardem or Andrew Garfield. I like them just fine. But anyway, let's go to supporting actress. Um, okay. Here are the nominees. Jesse Buckley! Let's go! That's great. She that's did it! That's A+. Plus. That's A+. Plus. That's I'm so excited for her. I'm yeah. so I'm so excited for that performance. That's a wonderful movie, The Lost Daughter, which I also did not get a chance to get into the Best Picture race. We didn't even mention that, but she's yeah. terrific as the flashback version of Olivia Coleman. Once again, one character, two nominations. How many times has that happened? Only a handful in the history of the Oscars. Um, Ariana DeBose, of course, is I believe the front runner. The front runner for this one. Big surprise here: uh, Judy Dench from Belfast in over Katrina Balfe, which I don't even I'm, I don't know how this happened. I I was just going to ask you, how did this happen? I don't think she's been nominated in a single... I went searching. I couldn't find a single nomination this season for her. I, I mean, don't know. I like Judy Dench a lot, but like, what? 
there are some people who have said, you know, she has, she basically owns the final frame of the film. You walk away from the movie kind of like thinking about her, but if she were nominated and Kieran Hines were not nominated, I probably would have been mad because I think it's Kieran Hines is really quite right. quite good in the film. But Katrina and Katrina Bell, I I thought she, she's like she's good. She's, she's good. not. She it, and it, Jamie Dornan are the two hottest parents like I've seen on film in the last twenty years. You know, yeah. and and I give a, a lot of credit to them. I give a lot of credit to Kenneth Branagh for just like showing us some hot parents. You know, we all <laughs> we all need some like beauty in our lives. But I I would agree that's. That's the main appeal. The Judy Hedge thing, I'm just like, where did this come from? It's pretty strange. I, I mean, there's just, she's done this before. She's been nominated for having eight minutes of screen time in the past. I know. Didn't she won? She won for she having did. like eight minutes of screen time. She did. Like, Shakespeare guys, love. we already did this. I don't know. I like Judy Dench. She really loves trees. You know, good for her. It's hard to get mad, but. Your girl, uh, Kiki Dunst was nominated. Kirsten Dunst. My queen. Her My first Oscar nomination. Absolute queen. Uh, I think she could upset Ariana DeBose here. I think that's I don't possible. I, Ariana DeBose is working as hard as Andrew Garfield is. so She is. But this is, again, what, well, one, Kirsten Dunn's doing a lot of press. She's been on a lot of sure. podcasts lately. She's on Fresh Air. She's on Scott Feinberg's podcast. She's been doing a lot of work lately. Anjanu Ellis also nominated here. I was very happy to see that. I was yes. not so happy to not see Ruth Nega from passing here. I would have probably swapped her out for Judy Dench. That would have been my preference. But... Jesse Buckley, man, that's freaking awesome. That's like my favorite actress. It's so great. That's great. I'm I very, hope very we continue to have Kirsten Dunst retrospectives, you know, throughout the land. That lineup, was it at the where was it? Metrograph? Yes. Yes. It's so good. Work. All the all the all the best movies. Melancholia, Marie Antoinette. I don't think they included Bring It On in the retrospective. That was my one note. Bring It On is really special. Where are you at on interview with the vampire? It, good. I mean, also, she's what, eleven? I think thirteen, yeah. But yeah. She's, um, she's a very special person to me. I also really recommend her Arch- Architectural Digest home tour if you have not been a part of it. Haven't spent any time with that. Let's go to okay. Best Supporting Actor. Uh, here are the nominees. Kieran Hines, B- Belfast, Troy Kotzer, Coda, Jesse Plemons, The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons, Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McPhee, The Power of the Dog. Two actors from the same film nominated here. Plemons mm-hmm. and Dunst. Much Another like couple. Cruz that's and really Bardem. Nice. Yeah, that's Two really different nice. couples. That's cute. I'm pro that. Uh, Plemons was the big surprise to me here. I guess J.K. Simmons was no, a surprise. No, J.K. Simmons is the big surprise. What you are we doing? So? Guys, what? With like actors. This was I, weird. I, like, here is my takeaway from these nominations is that all the actors, they got to go sit down. They got to think about their choices. They got to reevaluate some of their priorities. And I like all of these people, as you said in the document. Like, I too like J.K. Simmons. I like... Javier Bardem a lot. I like I like Nicole Kidman, you know, and I know she had the whole thing with people really liking her AMC movie. Tra- I mean, again, people <laughs> got to get a life, but it's just I like. I guess we all need to get outside. We're literally recording an Oscar nominations podcast at eight o'clock in the morning. So I, who, who I, I really know, needs to get a life? I mean, people like printing out the text of uh, promo movies to save like the you know a GameStop stock, like whatever. I like Nicole Kidman a lot, but this is ju- this is too many being Ricardo's being the Ricardo's actors in the acting categories. It's a lot. It's it's really a lot. Uh, no Bradley Cooper and no Ben Affleck, and so Just, no movie stardom in that that's way. So stupid. Also, Cody Smith-McPhee is walking away with this, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah. There, there's a almost a it there's a zero percent chance. Have people on the red carpet. Also, what are the Razzies doing trying to take Ben Affleck in the last duel? Let's like, not. No. I, don't, I don't even want to talk about the Razzies. Just like, okay, honestly, just like, away. just don't even acknowledge them, and hopefully they won't matter. That's honestly how I feel about it because it's a bullshit organization. Okay. okay. Best adapted screenplay. Not a ton of shock here. Coda, Sean Heater, Drive My Car, Raisuke Hamaguchi, and Takamasa O. Dune, Eric Roth, John Spates, and Denis Villeneuve. The Lost Daughter, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Good nom. Power of the Dog, Jane Campion. Passing did not get in here, but that's not a super snub or shock. Yeah. And very cool to see Drive My Car here. Um, I think that was no no guarantee. Uh, you know, this is like perfectly fine. Um, as I'm usual, the screen. I'm pleased to see screen. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah, me here. as well. Um, I was hoping for a little bit more representation of, for The Lost Daughter up above, and that kind of fell to the wayside. I'm not surprised by it, but it's nice to get a screenplay nod. Yeah, two. I mean, three nominations between yeah. the screenplay and, and two acting looks is pretty good. Best original screenplay, Belfast, Brana, Don't Look Up, Adam McKay and David Sirota, Licorice Pizza, PTA, King Richard, Zach Balin, 
and the worst person in the world, Joachim Trier and Eskil Vogt. What? Wow. Once again, the best category at the Oscars is always original screenplay. We did it. Congratulations to the writers for having some sense. Uh, really crazy that this yeah. film got nominated in this category. Did you see the, that PTA personally uh, I did. Endorse, endorsed this film? The best movie in the world. Yes. I that's, see what he did there. That's, uh, it's really nice. Everyone seems to really enjoy it. It's really dope. Really exciting. Yeah. Joachim, he was a, delightful. Had him on the pod last week. Just wonderful guy. Great I stuff. had a friend who went on a date to the worst person in the world. It's apparently a good date movie. So that there you go. That actually sounds horrifying, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I know of many people who have chosen many worst date films, including my own husband. So it's, <laughs> I think it's nice. It's life affirming, you know, but not too cutesy. Sure it is. It's a great film for figuring out that what's best for you in life is to end up alone. That's definitely one of the That's, takeaways okay. from that film. Uh, okay, best international feature. Only one real surprise here. So the nominees are Drive My Car from Japan, Flee from Denmark, The Hand of God from Italy, Luana, A Yak in the Classroom from Bhutan, and The Worst Person in the World from Norway. Uh, the snub here is Asghar Farhadi's A Hero, which was frankly surprising. There had been, this is going to sound like a dumb thing to say out loud, but I'm just going to say it. Okay. There has been a lot of Luana, A Yak in the Classroom buzz over the I last few weeks. I going to ask you about The Yak in the Classroom. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. I, I have not seen this film. I'll be honest. Uh, it's fine. It's uh, it's definitely not an Oscar for Hadi film. So, sure. I mean, he has been recognized in this category many times. I think three or four times, and he has won twice. So, it's there is a little bit of you know winners guilt going on where there's sort of, there's there's a version of this in the best documentary category as well where they just sort of overlooked something that seemed like an obvious entry because it had been recognized previously, but. I, I, my advice is just to watch a hero. It's a freaking great film. And you can watch it because it's on Amazon Prime. That's the other thing that's interesting about it is that there was a push about it and it was widely available. And that apparently doesn't matter. Didn't matter. Best animated feature. This is very chalky, I thought. Um, okay. I, I did do predictions over the weekend. I got 79 out of a possible 105 right, but I only got two categories totally right, which is actually quite disappointing. Okay. Um, this was one of them, Best Animated Feature. The nominees are Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells versus the Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. I actually don't know what's going to win here. Who are you uh, rooting for? Well, I thought the Mis- Mitchells versus the Machines was pretty great. Um, okay. I really enjoyed that. And so I probably would want to see that crew win. Encanto has, is becoming a thing amongst yeah. kids and parents. That's that's kind of what social media has been indicating to me. But you're you're not. We're not there yet. there yet. Alice yeah. is not ready to talk about Bruno, and neither am I. So um, okay. that is the number one like song the in the songs? world, by the way. <sighs> she doesn't. I'm just playing her like free jazz and metal right now. You know, okay. we're just we're working through right. all the genres, so we're not up Poor to Disney Alice. originals. Um, <laughs> Okay, best documentary. I don't understand the best documentary category ever. This is a weird slate. A couple of really good films, but um, this is a really hard one to predict. I think I got three of these wrong, or at least two of these wrong. The nominees are Ascension, Attica, Flea, Summer of Soul, Writing with Fire. Shout out to Summer of Soul. My friend Joseph Patel nominated for an Oscar. Fucking unbelievable. Very proud of him. Um, Writing with Fire, I didn't see coming. Attica, I was surprised, though not disappointed. That's a really good film. You can watch that on Showtime right now. Flea is the first film now to be nominated in Best Documentary Feature, International Feature, and Animated Feature. That's an incredible achievement. The Rescue is not nominated here, and I don't get it. Um, I I don't either. I guess it's because the filmmakers previously won for their last film, but The Rescue is mind-blowing. I don't... Like to me, it's like the pinnacle of what documentary filmmaking should be. But uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm not really sure that I understand the politics of this particular category. You know, I don't know what's going on in the guild, and I'm still really mad that no one thanked the octopus at the end at the Oscars last year. Like you, you, my octopus teacher won over all of these. I thought truly excellent documentaries last year, and no one even thanked the octopus by name. This category is just very, very strange. Um, I think Summer of Soul is the leader in the clubhouse yeah, it's at great the moment. To see Summer of Soul um, there. And that obviously is a major achievement. Okay, best original score. Don't look up. Nicholas Bertel, former guest of the show, wonderful guy. Dune, Hans Zimmer, ever heard of him? Encanto, Jermaine Franco, Parallel Mothers, Alberto Iglesias. I just mentioned this. And then The Power of the Dog, Johnny Greenwood, and what is easily one of the best scores of the last 10 years. Um, interesting race here. Couple of few heavy hitters. Uh, yeah, it's like the new stalwarts of this particular category. And then Parallel Mothers being the surprise because Encanto is is the Disney. Pix- it's Pixar, right? It's Pixar, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it'll be interesting to see how that what what happens there because Brattel and Greenwood are the new vanguard of right. film composition, and Hans obviously is a legend, and you've got a Disney movie here, and then the Parallel Mothers was the big surprise. I guess I don't know what did that knock out that I was I was banking on. Oh, the French Dispatch and Alexander Desplat, who is also right. kind of like an old guard film composer. Okay, original song. This is actually the worst category historically. Um, I don't think any of these songs are good, but that's just me. Uh, here are the nominees. Be Alive, Beyonce Knowles, Carter, Darius Scott, Dos Oraguitas from Lin-Manuel Miranda, Down to Joy by Van Morrison from Belfast, No Time to Die, Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell from No Time to Die, Somehow You Do, Diane Warren from Four Good Days, a film that I'm not convinced exists. <laughs> I, have you seen Four Good Days? No, but I did see Diane Warren at a guild screening. I can't remember which movie that I, I was like, oh, there's Diane Warren, just a part of the Oscars and my Oscar season as always. So that was nice. Diane Warren has, let's see, how many Oscar nominations does she have? Two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 12 nominations. Mm-hmm. 13 now, 13 yeah. nominations for Diane Warren. Never won. I don't think this will be her year. Four Good Days is not a film that exists, so that's going to be okay. really odd when she wins for I mean, it. You know my thoughts on this category, which is that it shouldn't exist, and I can't stand the performances. On the flip side, this seems to be the only category in which anyone at the in the Academy has applied the have famous people at your show, and so I think turning down an opportunity to have Beyonce on your show would be stupid. Turning down Billie Eilish, even though I don't really like that. Bond song, no offense, Billie Eilish, sure. Shout out to the kids. Um, you definitely had to have Beyonce and Billie Eilish at the show. Yeah, you had to. of course. Yeah, but I mean, then Van Morrison presents some issues that we don't need to get into. And I, I mean, Van Morrison is anti-vax, and so I don't know if he's going to be able to attend the awards. This yeah. is what I'm saying. So, like, that's a whole other issue. And also, I don't care for the performances during the the telecast, but I've I've been overruled on that. It honestly would be good for the show if they did a great Encanto number, you know, where yeah. they did, um, they performed Bruno and Lynn was and a part of the performance. And then they transitioned to yet another performance of Hamilton. Well, I don't, I don't want that. Um, let me try to run through just some, okay. some quick highlights on the rest of these categories so we don't belabor this too much. Best Cinematography, I think, is probably the most successful category in all of the nominations. Every single one of the nominations I feel was worthy. There was some suggestion that Janusz Kaminski would not get in because he's not a member of the ASC. He did get in. West Side Story is nominated, Tragedy of Macbeth, Power of the Dog, Nightmare Alley, and Dune. All of those films, beautifully shot, beautifully composed. Love those. Likewise for production design, I mean, n- nothing really too shocking here. Very similar set of nominees. In fact, it matches perfectly. It's Dune, Nightmare same, Alley, yeah. Power of the Dog, Tragedy of Macbeth, West Side Story. Costume design, your girl Cruella got in. You excited about that? Yeah, they tried. Um, this is the know. only other category that I guessed completely correct, aside from animated okay. feature, which I don't even understand. I don't know anything about costumes, so I just got lucky there. Best the Cyrano call from you. I guess I, I give you credit for that. They definitely tried on the costumes in Cyrano as well. Um, that's we- is that Cyrano's only nomination? Looks it like is. It. That's so yeah. weird. I, Cyrano really. Cyrano did the opposite of what Parallel Mothers <laughs> did, which is it came out way too late. Uh, best sound: Belfast Do, No Time to Die, The Power of the Dog, West Side Story. This is usually a pretty good indicator here. You could see a world in which the Power of the Dog wins here early on in the show, and then that means something big is happening. That everything's going its way. Yeah. Ever even more so, best film editing is considered one of the key indicators of best picture. Don't look up Dune, King Richard, Power of the Dog, Tick Tick Boom. Interesting yeah. here, no Belfast, no Licorice Pizza, both of which I thought were going to make their way into this. Um, this was my worst category for predictions. I only got two of these right. So okay. shows that I don't know very much about film editing. Though the Don't Look Up nomination does indicate that the dream is still alive for Don't Look Up Chaos Oscars. couple of final ones. Best Makeup and Hairstyling, Eyes of Tammy Faye, House of Gucci, Coming to America, Cruella, and Dune. Very I strange mean, category. If you're not going to honor Lady Gaga, why the even bother in makeup and hairstyling, but whatever. Let's get to the nadir of this Academy Awards, which is the best visual effects category, not because I dislike visual effects, but because of what was nominated. So Dune, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, No Time to Die, Spider-Man, No Way Home, and fucking Free Guy was nominated. Free Guy. What are the effects even? Well, he lives in a video game world. Video game computery? 
Whatever. Yeah, should, should I? Should we tell people what we're doing with Free Guy now? Yeah, we're doing. We did a Free Guy watch along. We recorded we a Free Guy watch along. Me, Amanda, and Chris Ryan. We watched all two hours of Free Guy. Free Guy, much like Nightmare Alley, is going to be available on two streaming services simultaneously at the end of February. Those streaming services are Disney Plus and HBO Max, which means it'll be widely available to those who subscribe to those services. You can watch along with us as we explain to Amanda what video games are and what they mean to her uh, unborn son. Um, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on the shorts categories because frankly, I haven't watched all of them. Maybe we'll get into it a little bit more on the right. show as we dig into them, but I didn't do any predictions on them because I don't really know the landscape and I don't want to pretend like I do. All right. So what's unsaid here? A couple of, couple of significant facts. Um Well, this is not a significant fact, but it's important. No Lady Gaga, no Jennifer Lopez, no Ben Affleck, no Bradley Cooper, no Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, I don't know. uh, This is not a very star-studded event. Uh, What are you going to be juiced about for the next six to eight weeks? You know, at some point, it's just like kind of what, how is the big picture going to embrace the Oscars and and find its enthusiasms? Because it, it, it's on us and really well, on you, because frankly, I'm not going to be here. Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah, this is your um, final recording for a little while. And so maybe is. I should just ignore the Oscars until March 27th. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to do. I mean, it's not it's just not that fun. I mean, and I'll, if there aren't any narratives, we got to create them for you. But I agree that there's like no one parties. You know, there's not a lot to hang on to. Should I try to spark like a beef between Hamaguchi and Spielberg, you know, just see if I can get them tweeting at each other <laughs> angrily about their film. Mean, what if I got really into Coda and I was like, Coda is by far the best film of the year. You are really into Coda. Remember? Well, you nominally. were like, this is trash. And then you had a child <laughs> and then you wept and you were like, I see the beauty of the world. Man, do you know how frequently you're doing that? Like, I need to write down every yeah. single movie. God, oh, Ordinary People was another one where you're like, wow, I just watched this as a, as a father on the rewatchables. And now like, here are all of my thoughts. Well, uh, it was specific. That was specifically about the father character who I was, sure. I was thought was kind of a wet rag, but he actually, you know, I get it now. I get, honestly, <laughs> every time the baby does a new thing now, like any new thing, just like mm-hmm. close one eye while keeping the other eye open. I'm like, this child is, was ordained from God to save me. And I must <laughs> cry upon every new gesture. So yeah, no, I'm sorry. This is this is who I am now, and this is who you will be too. So get ready to deal with it. I know. Do you think I'm suddenly going to watch everything as a parent? Do you think that's going to happen? Anything where kids are in peril, it's a cliche, but well, it's so okay, true. It fucks sure, you up. It obviously. really fucks you up. But that's like that's specific. That's like you know, there are plenty of other movies where it's not like some kids about to die, and there are just like parents and children. And I think instinctively i've always watched it from the perspective of a kid as the as the as the child because i'm not a parent yet but is it really just going to flip over and then i'm going to be like coda i thought coda was a very you know affecting movie i i don't know i've been reflecting on it a little bit obviously because uh even my wife who is a very sensitive person is like why are you such a clown about like every emotional moment in your life now which is (laughs) fair a fair criticism um but you know, when I, when I was about nine years old, I basically started acting like I was 40 years old. So I've mm-hmm. been like cynical, you know, serious, boring adult for a long, 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 long time. And okay. now this is a chance to redeem my, my emotions. Right. You know, this, this is an opportunity to go back to something a little bit more childlike. That's what's happening, I think. All right. So you're embracing CODA. In the best picture race. Well, that's the only thing I could do, I, especially without you. I, you know, I, we'll yeah. have great guests. There's going to be a ton of great pe- folks from the ringer coming on the show over the course of the next few months. We'll have a lot of fun with things, but the Oscars in particular d- leaves us a little bit high and dry. I mean, look, we already did our Steven Spielberg episode. One thing I wanted to cite here is that he is now the first director who's been recognized in six consecutive decades, which is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, he he now has eight. Best Director nominations to his name, which t- ties him for fourth all time with Billy Wilder. He's only behind Martin Scorsese, ever heard of him, with nine, and William Wyler with 12 Best Director nominations. That's just nuts. Um, so maybe more time I'm talking about Spielberg. I'd, I'd love for more people to just check out West Side Story, which is a wonderful <laughs> film. That would be cool. People were like, hey, we should talk about that more. Um, I think this is like, God, I mean, I agree. I loved it. It was one of my favorite movie going experiences last year. And it's so bizarre that what we're begging people to do in order to save Oscar season is be like, have you heard of a like a 
boutique little film called West Side Story, a <laughs> remake. But wait, did Tony Kushner not get nominated for? He did not get nominated. Play? Yeah, I guess that is a snub that I'm just it is a thinking snub. about in real time. Um, yeah, a, a, a remake of an incredibly successful Oscar film by Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner. We're just like, check it out, give it some time. I don't know, I don't know. I liked it though. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Pretty good. This is the your your final opportunity to say anything on this podcast. During this phase no, it's of your not, life. Because listen, well, okay, that is true. This phase of my life. I, I'm dissociating at this point. If Don't Look Up wins, if Will Smith does not win, I, you know, I will invade your garage on Oscar night. Kool-Aid you man know? coming through. It's just like you can't keep me away. Um, it'll be interesting to watch this and not have a microphone with which to just spout all of my opinions immediately and impulsively but i'm gonna try to still care from afar because i don't know i gotta have some connection with the outside world so maybe i'll just send you angry text messages how would that be different from any other time in your life? <laughs> I mean, that's like really true but i don't know if, if you like you need some grist i just <laughs> i you know i i wish ben affleck were still gonna be an oscar season but i guess it's the end of the road for ben affleck and it's the end of the road for me what if um what if i got affleck to co-host the show while you're gone um I would really enjoy that. I think he's very good. And I honestly couldn't host it with him. I would be too tongue-tied. So that would be fine. See I see if he's available. If he wants to do a movie draft, though, I'm coming back. Ben, holler at me if you want to slide into Amanda's spot. In the meantime, this has been a conversation about the Academy Award nominations here on The Big Picture. Uh, thank you to Amanda for everything she has ever done for this pod. And I wish her the greatest of luck in the very, very near future. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and thank you to Bobby Wagner for producing today's show. Stay tuned to the big picture later this week. We'll, we'll talk maybe a little bit more about the Oscar nominations with CR. And, and Chris and I have something special planned for uh, the later part of this week. See you then. I'm terrified. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.